All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome into the Daily Faceoff Live show. It's Thursday, October 13th. He's former NHL netminder, current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, how you doing? Pretty good, man. It's uh, it's nice to have a lot of hockey to watch. Felt really goalie heavy last night, and that'll be something fun for us to talk about as we move through the half hour here. Yeah, no kidding. We'll have plenty of goalie stuff to talk about, including the debuts in their new sweaters of Matt Murray in Toronto and Jack Campbell with the Edmonton Oilers. So let's start there with the Oilers. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and Connor McDavid still doing Connor McDavid like things. No surprise there. Uh, a hat trick for Connor McDavid on opening night as the Oilers rally from three down to beat the Vancouver Canucks. Sort of a wacky game. The Canucks go one for eight on the power play, give up three on four chances on the penalty kill. And now you've got Connor McDavid hitting the 700 point milestone. And when you take a look, Mike, at where he stacks up in league history uh, as the fast, as some of the fastest to get to 700 points, look at the names that he's with on this list, all played in such a dynamically different era. The thing Mm -hmm. that drops my jaw still is that it only took Wayne Gretzky 317 games compared to everyone else, but he is a bit faster than Sidney Crosby as well, getting to that 701 mark. Just bold prediction, totally swinging here. Where does Connor McDavid end up on the list when it's all said and done? Well, all time. I mean, like you think about the era that some of these players were looking at. You think of Lemieux, you think of Gretzky and how high powered those offenses were. 
the key part to me is that both of those players had wingmen with them, Frank. Like you had Yarmir Yager with Mario Lemieux for a lot of it. You also had uh, Yari Curry alongside Gretzky and the whole crew that was in Edmonton. Well, I see that with McDavid. You know, if it was just a one-man band, I'd think that he wouldn't have a chance to end up among the top four, five, three scorers of all time. Who knows? I don't know if he can touch Gretzky. That seems impossible, but I think top five seems realistic. And especially if you can keep Dreisaitl in-house over that time frame, those two are so good together, Frank. And even the ancillary pieces. Like, look at that. Last night, that second goal that the Edmonton Oilers scored, watching that puck get snapped around on the power play and go from Nugent Hopkins down to Hyman to to McDavid, to Dry's I mean, just another second? He's got support there, man. I think he could easily end up in the top bracket. Uh, we could honestly see that Edmonton Oilers power play go down this season as one of the best of all time. I, I truly believe that in terms of success rate and conversion. It's like watching the Harlem Globetrotters, and as much as I wanted to get mad about the Canucks or, or concerned about the Canucks and their penalty kill situation, like – how do you stop that? How do you defend that? And I think the concern real quick on the Canucks end on the PK is just don't let this slide turn into what last season was. I know that, you know, in some people's eyes, that may not be the number one concern for the Canucks coming out of game one. It's blowing that lead. But you think back to last year, it sunk their playoff chances. Not only were they 32nd mm -hmm. in the league, they were 32nd by a wide margin, like 53 for 82 to open the year on the penalty kill, costing Coach Travis Green his job and their management staff as well. So, uh, you know, the Oilers find a way to rally. They get their two points, and the Canucks go home unhappy after uh, a pretty solid start, especially at even strength. They played the Oilers pretty well. Andre Kuzmenko as well, picking up his first career NHL goal. That brings us to the Boston Bruins and their win over the Washington Capitals on Wednesday night. And I, I was thinking about having a bold prediction heading into this year centered around David Krejci, but I couldn't figure out the right way to word it, Mike. And that was... Guess what? Here's the bold prediction. David Krejci, still David Krejci, despite taking a year off in the NHL, I was going to project that he gets back to that 45 to 50 point clip that he's always been at because talking to people that watch David Krejci really closely as he played back at home last season, they were like, this guy is still doing all of the same things that made him successful in the NHL. He hasn't missed a step. And when you consider that line, the check line that we're going to call it uh, from the Boston Bruins, when you have Pavel Zaka, Krejci, and David Pasternak, that could be a lethal group for this Bruins team moving forward that they get a win. They're just trying to survive all these injuries that they've got to start the year. I don't think there was any doubt that the Bruins missed Krejci a whole lot last year. You know, the, the center ice position was always in flux for Boston, and it never really seemed to grab on. You hope, kept, kept hoping Charlie Coyle could really play a sec second center line role. And, and I think he's just better suited as a third line player. He His line was awesome last night, and I think that's a direct, um, you, you know, reason of why Krejci is so important is because it takes a little pressure off the down lines of that team, the bottom six. Like, you know, Krejci, when you look at his numbers from last year overseas, like, you, I would have wondered if he could have transferred it back to the NHL. Well, he was right at home last night, like you said. Like, him and Pasternak were, like, they hadn't missed a beat. And Pasternak, goal and three assists, okay? Krejci, goal and two assists. Well, this is because they worked hard to get to the net and they had the communication factor that's always been there. That's the only thing I worried about. Can they still work together? Of course they can. They've got that. So um, as far as the rest of the Bruins, oh, man, I thought Olmark was strong. 
is a good game for him. And that's going to be a continued storyline. Him and Swayman are going to go back and forth. And first win for Jim Montgomery as the head coach. He had the Bruins looking pretty solid. I expected that, knowing what he did with Dallas previously. If they can keep their structure and keep that depth scoring and hope DeBrusque isn't too hurt, Boston could be better than I even thought this year. Yeah, man, does it feel like that David Pasternak extension is going to be pretty expensive? We have those archetype rankings, the shooter up on dailyfaceoff.com. David Pasternak, the number one pure shooter in the NHL, led the NHL in shot attempts last season. And quickly, I love the vibe from this Bruins team. Mike, when you consider the comments from Cam Neely earlier this year, yes, they've got a lot of injuries to work through to start the year, but I think if they can get everyone healthy and survive, just hang around that playoff race, mm-hmm. perhaps they could do something special because he was saying that there's certainly this last dance vibe that comes with this group. You don't know how long this core is going to remain together. Yeah, and look at how like one of their best ads is Patrice Bergeron coming back for another year, right? Another great game from him, no surprise. What an insane contract and value that is. You could make the argument without someone like Krejci last year that Bergeron had his best season ever at that age. Uh, certainly the Bruins one to keep an eye on because Tyler Ramchuk also said that he would eat cat food if they make the playoffs. So looking forward to seeing <laughs> that happen. Uh, let's talk about some rough starts. We mentioned it off the top, teased it, and that was... Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and their loss to the Montreal Canadiens, they find a way to tie it in the last couple minutes and still give up a backbreaking goal to lose to the Habs in regulation. Matt Murray allows four. Jack Campbell allows three in somewhat quick succession to open the game. Both these goalies gave up uh, a goal from distance as well that I'd imagine that they're not too happy about. And Mike, when you know it's you don't want to overreact to one game, of course. But when you look at the first games for Campbell and Murray, do you have any reason or cause for concern? Like to me, I watched a little bit of Murray and I was like, change the jersey out. It feels like the same guy that we were watching with the Ottawa Senators. I thought there'd been some progress last year in the second half for Murray with the Senators. You know, after he spent a little bit of time in the American League working with Justin Peters, it looked like he regressed last night. I saw him low and wide in his stance and locked in and not square to shots. And I think that that was really indicative of this play. This goal that Cole Caulfield scores on the rush, you can see Murray's not square. Okay, he's not... He's deep in his net, but look at all the space on the glove side. Now, the camera angle makes it look like it's a little bit more than it really is. But when this shot is released, keep an eye on this space over his left shoulder, and you can see that he's giving away that inside. And this happens several times throughout the game where he's not square, and it's got all that space. This shot goes in the middle of the net. I don't think his puck tracking's on. I think low and wide is not helping him uh, be able to stay square on pucks. And so, yeah, I do have concerns with Murray. It happens several times. Now, we can flip that the other direction and look at Jack Campbell. Now, I thought Campbell actually had a great game last night if you throw out the first 15 minutes or so, okay? Goal that Kuzmenko scores to start, start the second period, whatever, backdoor. But you look at the second period. Here's JT Miller beating Campbell clean. Now, the key part of this, look where the puck goes in. Look how little space. This is a great shot, just like Caulfield's. But I think that this is one where Campbell just gets beat clean. He's square. It's a close shot, but he didn't so you're okay give away space one. like Murray did. I'm okay with this because I think it's going to happen throughout the year. As a goalie, we hate it, but I'm okay with this right now. The difference to me was Campbell's second period, Frank, was unbelievable. 
I mean, we're talking clean breakaway right after Kuzmenko's goal. Another clean breakaway at the end of the period. Several one-timers from Pedersen, clean shots through the slot. If he didn't make 13 saves in the second, I don't think they win. Connor McDavid said it afterwards that if Soup wasn't back, they're doing what he did. We don't get a chance to win. So I felt better about Campbell's game. I didn't like the first 15 minutes. Murray's, I have concerns. Well, and if you're an Oiler fan, that feels good to hear because you're married to Campbell for the next five years. I think the, the Murray situation is, is a lot different. Yeah. Uh, and You want to get off to a good start. Ilya Samsonov will carry the ball for the Toronto Maple Leafs in a back-to-back -back scenario on Thursday night for the Toronto Maple Leafs home opener. Curious to see how long Samsonov can run with the ball. And that wasn't the only interesting goalie facet from Wednesday night's action. How about this? The assist from John Gibson and the Anaheim Ducks uh, to send them uh, up on their way in overtime. Uh, he, Gibson, it was an intriguing night for Gibson, but it capped off with the pass to end it that to me was the icing on the cake. Check this out. Man, I got to tell you, this is what goalie dreams are made of. You make the save in overtime, you send your buddy down for a break to finish off the game. Like, first off, really heads up play by Gibson. Rebounds in front, and he looks and just goes, man, I got numbers down ice. Let's send this thing. I'd love to see more of this from goalies. Just put it down the ice. But a this was a big night for Gibson. Pass. Awesome. Right off the boards. This is what I'm trying to teach our 9- to 10-year-olds. Use the boards. Exactly. That's, so, that's the first thing I thought was yeah. like, hey, I'm coaching my 8U team, and I'm going – I keep stressing indirect passes. You don't have to put it on yes. someone's stick. So I love to see this. We should show this clip at practice tonight. Do that, please. I will do that tomorrow before our game. So here's the here's the best part, though, about Gibson. I've been hard on Gibson, okay? I haven't seen much progression for his game in the last, like, four or five years. Well, maybe I was seeing what I want to see last night, but it sure looked to me like there was a concerted effort by John Gibson to stay closer at home, to stay in the blue paint when the puck is in, the off in their defensive zone. And you'll see it here. Puck goes across. Look where his feet are with this blue line that's about to come up. He's in the crease. He's not too far out. Last year, he might have been out by the red. Look how easy this high tip save is. All he has to do is shift into the middle of the ice and he makes that. Last year, he might have had to travel, I think, three or four feet to make this save. He would have had to slide. He'd have gotten spread. If the rebound goes somewhere, maybe it goes in. So this is a little tactical change I think I'm seeing from Gibson. I saw it more often last night. He still likes to have flow on the rush. But, dude, he went 44 for 48. Basically stole that game last night. Seattle was better than than Anaheim. Anaheim's plucky, okay? Like, they they got goals when they needed to. I love McTavish, Klingberg, Strom, Vitrano, those additions. But last night's game was on John Gibson, man, and he really responded, and I liked what I saw. I saw somebody who had details to his game. That's been missing for several years. Well, you know, I wonder, of course, you don't want to overreact on the bad side with someone like Matt Murray or on the good side with John Gibson, but I kind of mm -hmm. had this feeling going into the season with Gibson that we might see a little bit of a different guy just because his name was out there in trade rumors. I think everyone understood um, that his sort of body language and apparent frustration that he's shown over the last few years, that act was wearing thin and it was kind of up to him. The onus was on him to come out and change that dynamic, be better, be a better teammate. And I wonder if we see part of that play out now as this season moves forward, kind of a fresh start, wipe the slate clean for both the Ducks and Gibson, see if you can get him back to the level that he was at previously, because for a three-year stretch, he was arguably the best goalie in the league. Mike, uh, that brings us to our big segment of the day, Icebreakers. Let's get there now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, Frank, as usual, your time to shine here on Daily Faceoff Live, going into Icebreakers presented by our friends at DoorDash. You can see that promo code down below. We are delivered by DoorDash. And you use the promo GAMEDAY25, you're going to get free shipping your first order. You're going to get off on the first as well, 20%. So make sure you hit up DoorDash and use that promo code. Frank, I, I think that this year, this week has been you know, pretty tumultuous in a lot of ways and no more so for... Uh, Ian Cole. And what is the latest on this situation? Where is it headed? So the Lightning defenseman Ian Cole met with the NHL's chief security officer, Jared Maples, on Wednesday in New York City. Uh, and that wasn't necessarily a hearing, more so an interview, a chance for the NHL to ask questions. He was represented by his own legal team and counsel, as well as the Tampa Bay Lightning and the NHL Players Association in that meeting. And Basically, where it stands now is the PA, the Cole camp, and the Lightning are waiting for the NHL, if they have anything, to bring something forward to corroborate what was an anonymous and uh, you know social media post that came from uh, account, an account that was newly created with some serious and, and damaging allegations. And so the thing is, the timeline is important here, and this is what the NHLPA is pushing, that you know, if there is nothing new, if there's no corroboration, if there's no, uh, no no one that comes forward relating to that account, well, then Cole needs to get back on the ice with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The suspension can't drag on forever. So I do think that there's a possibility that if there is nothing new that comes forward, that Cole is back on the ice sooner rather than later, perhaps in the next few days. Because when you think about the potential of precedent being set here, and I think this is the concern from the NHLPA's part, is you know think back to some other investigations that are ongoing. You don't have to look far further than the 2018 uh, World Junior Team, Team Canada. Any of the players that could potentially be involved and were interviewed as part of that process, and this is something that there's a criminal case attached to, 
um, and a settlement, those players are still playing. So in this case, either have the goods or you don't. And if not, Ian Cole, uh, I'd expect him to see back on the ice at some point while this continues to uh, progress moving forward. I think there's concern, Mike, from the NHLPA's part. And I think also from the league's part, you know, what would stop anyone anywhere from trying to take a player out of a game by creating or concocting some story and posting it on social media? You get to the playoffs, you know, just to pick a random team and, and name, you know, some Calgary Flames fan is disgruntled somewhere and says, I want to get Leon Dreisaitl off the ice, makes a post and puts it out there. The league has to have a process and policy in place. That's the next part of this discussion that will come on the heels of whatever happens with Ian Cole. Yeah, ever-changing scene. So let's take it out to the desert. The Coyotes are about to open their season in Pittsburgh, and it's the first of six games that they're going to play on the road to open the season. Now, back in Arizona, how are things going in their new well, kind of temporary, but not really temporary home at Arizona State. Yeah, I would say not great. Everyone's excited to see what that looks like in a few weeks when they return for their uh, season opener at Mullet Arena on the Arizona State University campus. But I think for now, uh, at least according to multiple players uh, that I've spoken to, they're not very happy with the situation as it would relate to what we'd call working conditions, meaning uh, their dressing room is not finished yet. They're, I've, I was told that they are getting dressed currently in youth hockey locker rooms. And yes, the team is opening on the road. And yes, some of these delays might have been expected as uh, they get to the, the spot where the annex that's being built for the Coyotes attached to that arena is fully functional and operational. It's not there yet. And uh, they, the players have voiced those concerns to the NHL Players Association as well. Uh, there have been multiple visits from both the divisional player representative and uh, uh, Matthew Schneider, the assistant to the executive director there. So the league's response to this, I did check in with the league. They're not overly concerned with what's unfolding. They knew that there would be some issues that popped up. They've been in constant dialogue, they say, with the PA on it. We'll see where it goes, but I can tell you that there's a few players that were already feeling you know, not so quite NHL playing in an AHL or in an NCAA building, excuse me. And now to see some of these other things that have popped up, they're like, you know, in this case, we don't even feel like we're NHL players. So I can certainly understand it from that point of view. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, you're going to get your paycheck, but still, it's the NHL. Like, it is supposed to be special, Frank. When you walk in the locker room, you want to be overwhelmed by it. That's a tough scenario. I hope they get that done quickly. Um, speaking of paydays, man, tomorrow's a great day for NHL players. It is the first payday. So uh, are some players going to be looking to receive a little bit more in their pocket this go-around? They are, and uh, this is the first of three deferred payments that's coming on Friday. So not only the first paycheck of the season for NHL players, Mike, you're the only person on this show that understands what that feels like to get an NHL paycheck uh, on the 15th and 30th of each month during an NHL season, kind of, a, am sure, a crazy feeling. Uh, but for these players that were around during the pandemic year and following as part of the Memorandum of Understanding, you'll remember the players agreed to defer 10% of their pay for one season. They're now getting the first of those three payments back in their paychecks starting on October 14th. So just a little extra pay coming their way, a shade over uh, 3% coming back from that 10% deferral. That makes me happy. I wish I got some of that. It, I tell you what, it is crazy. Like when you start a career in the ECHL and your first paycheck's like 400 bucks, then your first NHL paycheck is like thousands and thousands, man. It's a stark difference and you really appreciate it. So uh, something that I've been a part of in my career, PTOs, professional tryouts. 
quite a few of them around the NHL this year. Some have turned into contracts, but there's still several left in the NHL. Who are they? And what does it look like maybe on the contract front for them? Yeah, so there were 42 guys that entered camp on tryouts this year. A number of them earned deals. Uh, we saw Zach Aston Reese in Toronto. We saw uh, Calvin DeHaan in, in Carolina. There's been a whole slew of them, but there's three guys that are still outstanding that don't have deals yet and also have not been released from their PTO. They include Eric Stahl in Florida, Artem Anisimov in Philly, and Rocco Grimaldi in Anaheim. So now the deal with Eric Stahl is kind of interesting, and, and it actually ties both Stahl and Anisimov together a little bit in that there's familiarity with the coach. Paul Maurice, he knows Eric Stahl quite well from his days in Carolina. And in this case, his brother Mark Stahl is on the Panthers blue line. Eric Stahl didn't quite earn a contract. They liked what they saw from him in camp, but they don't have the cap space to actually go out and sign him to one. They have $0 in cap space. So in the meantime, uh, Eric Stahl, who did not play in the league last year, is going to keep playing with the team in practice uh, in the hopes that he can earn that contract. They're going to be patient with him and see if some cap space will develop uh, and see if he's needed. And in the meantime, uh, given that familiarity with his brother there and the coaching staff, uh, he feels quite comfortable that something you know could potentially work out. As far as Nisimov, he broke his foot in camp, but he did, of course, play for John Tortorella previously. So they have that history. They're going to give him time for that foot to heal and then see if he earns a contract after that. I would imagine since he is sticking around with the team that uh, he's probably got a good shot to do that. And Grimaldi was offered an AHL PTO, not all that different than what Jason Demers did with the Oilers going down to Bakersfield. They'd like to keep him in the organization in San Diego in the AHL, and it's up to him as to whether or not that'll happen. Eric Stallman kind of reminds me of Justin Williams in Carolina. You know, stick around for a little while, then end up deciding to play, maybe midway through, maybe some cap space opens up. So we'll see with those players. Nice that they've got an avenue. Frank, great job as always. One of my favorite segments on Daily Faceoff Live. Icebreakers, and like we said at the beginning, DoorDash, our friends, use that promo code GAMEDAY25. Get your free shipping. Get your percentage off. Great job. All right, Mike, time for our Daily Faceoff inbox question of the day. Give me one word to describe Jack Johnson, now in a Chicago Blackhawks uniform, sliding into the Colorado Avalanche celebration as their banner is raised on opening night at Ball Arena. Slippery. Look how slippery he is. He just, like, sneaks on in there, man. Like, they didn't expect that to happen. Um, it's, it's funny, man, because, like, when you look at the pictures, you're going to have this one Blackhawks uniform but it's the same face. So I, I love it. I'm happy that they were able to do it. But like, Frank, can you imagine lining up for the game after this? Like how strange that feeling is? I, I can't imagine for Johnson that it was maybe the most comfortable thing, but that's really cool to see. Look at the smiles on their faces. He probably felt pretty awkward. And that's the word that I would use because it was, but I love it because it just fortuitously happened to work out. There's so many guys that mm -hmm. move on to another team and they end up seeing the ceremony on their phone afterwards. And in this case, he got to experience it live in the building, a big part of that group. And 
I just have a soft spot for Jack Johnson in general. You know, he's been through a lot in his career um, and was a real contributor for that team when a lot of people were curious, why is the team like the Avalanche, why are they signing Jack Johnson? Well, you saw it in the playoffs. You saw it with his physicality and reliability, and you see it in the faces of his teammates there as well. Mike, that brings us to our daily face-off points bet, daily bets segment. Tyler Remchuk, how did you do? And I'm riding with you all season long, so I, I guess I know the answer to this. One and one? One and one last night. I bet on Connor McDavid to score one goal. He did a little bit better than that, obviously. And uh, I had the Leafs-Oilers parlay. The Oilers hit. The Leafs did not. So we are anti-Toronto today. But McDavid saved the night a little bit. So three and one to start the season. And I actually have three bets tonight. So let's dig into it, courtesy of our friends over at Starting with that top matchup, Vegas hosting the Chicago Blackhawks. Chicago played last night. Vegas didn't. Vegas is the better team. This is an easy puck line spot for me. Minus 140. I love it. Chicago not only played last night, but they had to travel as well. So I like the Golden Knights here in their home opener. Also, I like uh, the Ottawa-Buffalo game. I'm going over in that one. Uh, Craig Anderson, the start according to dailyfaceoff.com. He had a career-low 897 save percentage last season. Anton Forsberg. He was good last year, but again, early in the season, I don't love that Senators blue line. I think this one could go over six and a half, and I'm also taking a Claude Giroux assist. He was an assist machine when he joined the Florida Panthers last season. Obviously, still a top six player. He gets top power play time as well, and that plus 140 payout is very juicy. So it's the Golden Knights minus a goal and a half. It is the over in Ottawa-Buffalo, and it is Claude Giroux to pick up an assist. Those are my three plays tonight, Frank. On one unit on each bet, and I guess that is until I run out of bankroll. So we'll see how far it takes me. I came in with a little surplus. I'm going to hang with Tyler, and we'll see how we do. Nice work, uh, Tyler, on our points bet daily bet segment. That brings us to garbage time, Mike. And I usually cede the floor to you, but I wanted to take this one because I want to give a shout-out to Arbor Jackeye. And you say that, and then you look at how it's spelled from the Montreal Canadiens, and you go, how does how do you get there exactly in terms of uh, you see it at the bottom of your screen? And in this case, why I want to give Arbor Jackeye a shout-out as he made his NHL debut on Wednesday night at the Bell Center against the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's that he completes the alphabet. Arbor Jackeye is the first ever player in NHL history to play a game with his last name starting with the letter X. And that is now all 26 letters represented that have been uh, throughout NHL history. And I just think it's a cool little footnote in history as a, as a hockey writer and, and noted nerd myself uh, to get that X in there uh, is pretty cool. And he's also got a pretty great story as well. Yeah, he does. I mean, kid from, you know, really, really humble background, Hamilton, Ontario, like he, dude, this summer he worked two jobs. Okay. Like that's who he is. And, he had a huge, huge finish with the Hamilton Bulldogs last year, Mem Cup. Like, I know Montreal really thinks highly of him. This is a big body, 6'4", 238. Like, he's ready for the NHL size-wise. He's got a bit of room to grow. But I just love the workmanlike attitude, man. Somebody who doesn't come from a whole lot, who's had to work his way up. And he say, just he went home and worked two jobs. When's the last time, Frank, you heard that, like, from a player, man? Like, it just doesn't happen anymore. So ton of respect to Jack Eye and what he's accomplished so far in his young career. Undrafted guy from Hamilton, Ontario, ends up getting traded from Kitchener to Hamilton, wins the Mem Cup for the hometown team, jumps right to the NHL. And as you said, uh, I read 
had worked multiple jobs. I think he worked at Costco, which makes him a man after my own heart. Huge Costco fan. Uh, so yeah, pretty cool story. And Arbor Jacki completing the NHL alphabet. That'll do it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Thanks a lot for watching. Thanks to Mike McKenna. Thanks to Tyler Remchuk and our head of production, Alex Alar. We'll be back right with you on Friday, 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. If you like the show, subscribe on YouTube and we'll talk to you then. Have a great night, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.